0: Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2392 with a release date of Friday, September 1st, 2023, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST, historic contact between two U.S. missile silos, big changes for hams in Australia, and for one parachute mobile YL, the sky is no limit. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2392 comes your way right now. From
1: around the world, this is
0: Newsline, amateur radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Reporting from Shelbyville, Tennessee, here's Skeeter Nash, N5ASH. Our top story takes a page right out of history. Two United States missile silos have made radio contact with one another for the first time since the 1960s. This time, however, it was a contact between civilians. They were hams on high alert, for QSOs. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, brings us the details. The Atlas F missile silo in Plattsburgh, New York, possessed
2: the kind of military readiness in the 1960s that reflected an American nation poised for war. Among those sites decommissioned by the U.S. military in 1965, one silo within a mile of the border with Canada showed a different kind of readiness on the 19th of August. On that day, the activation was for an amateur radio contact. Despite difficult band conditions, a successful QSO was logged, and it was with another deactivated missile silo, this one in Texas. Members of the Champlain Valley Amateur Radio Club originally wanted to simply test the club's equipment, but after the club learned about a ham radio test scheduled for the same day at the deactivated silo in Texas, they modified their plan. The Northern New York Club's second vice president, Matt Prey, W2UXE, told the Press Republican website, that all the hams decided to try for a contact between the two silos. Their effort delivered a brief but hoped-for result. Matt's call was logged in Texas by Robert Grabowski, KB-5RG, at the Dias Air Force Base in Texas. The day presented another link to history. Dick Somerset, a retired member of the U.S. Air Force, was there in Plattsburgh. In the 1960s, he had been a launch crew member stationed at the Dias Base in Texas, and had also worked in Plattsburgh with the silos quality control. More than a half a century later, he was pleased to see radio contact between the two silos, this time with peace in mind.
0: This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. A launch pad in Florida has sent three more ham radio operators into space, as we hear from Paul Brown, WD9GCO.
1: Three amateur radio operators were among the four-member crew aboard the spacecraft Endurance, as it lifted off on the 26th of August from Florida's Kennedy Space Center. The launch of the Crew-7 mission was provided by SpaceX for NASA. U.S. astronaut Jasmine Mobelli, KI-5WSL, is the commander of the mission. Pilot is Andreas Enevold-Mogensen, KG-5GCZ, an ESA astronaut from Denmark. One of the two mission specialists is Satoshi Furukawa, KE-5DAW, of the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency. Satoshi is trained as a doctor in Japan, where he practiced as an anesthetist and a surgeon. The trio is joined by another mission specialist, cosmonaut Konstantin Sergeyevich Borisov of Roscosmos. This is the eighth commercial crew program launch for NASA and SpaceX. The crew is expected to be on board the International Space
0: Station for about 190 days. This is Paul Brown, WD9GCO. There are big changes ahead in Australia, for operators and hams have until the end of this month to share their thoughts with the regulator. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, gives us the details.
3: The Australian Communications and Media Authority is seeking input on the new amateur radio qualification framework it intends to have in place in December two months ahead of the February date when apparatus licences are to be replaced by the new class licence structure. The new class structure will also revoke overseas class licences and instead permit qualified amateurs visiting from overseas to operate. University of Tasmania's Australian Maritime College will no longer conduct exams or issue qualifications for the ACMA, which is said only it will manage such work itself. The authority seeks input as well on a new fee structure that includes the cost of recognition certificates and And other payments associated with the license process. The regulator's website calls these proposed fees similar to those already in place. Comments are due by the 26th of September. And for a list of fees and other details, visit the link in the text edition of this week's newsline script at arnewsline.org. This is Graham Kemp,
0: VK4BB. A longtime broadcast engineer with a history of mentoring and supporting fellow amateur radio operators has become a silent key. William Culpepper, W4BZ, formerly W4PER, was devoted to amateur radio and was active in the Antique Wireless Association, the ARRL, the Institute for Electrical and Electronics Engineers, and the Association of Federal Communications Consulting Engineers. On the professional side of radio, he worked with RCA, New Jersey Public Broadcasting, and a variety of consulting firms, including the one he later founded, William Culpepper and Associates. His death in July was reported on the website radioworld.com. William Culpepper was 90. In New Zealand, hams will be activating summits and remembering a devoted soda friend and colleague as we hear from Jim
4: Meechin ZL2BHF. The sudden death of Andrew White, ZL3CC, in March of 2018 was a difficult loss for many of the amateur radio friends who had come to know the Christchurch operator through summits on the air and his SOTA activation blog. New Zealand hams are especially grateful that Andrew played a big role in establishing SOTA on the South Island. On May 1st, 2016, the day the South Island officially became active in the SOTA program, Andrew wrote happily on his blog and thanked many friends on the team who helped make it happen. Many of his radio friends set aside the closest Saturday to what would have been Andrew's birthday to hold Andrew White ZL3CC Memorial Day. This year, it's on the 9th of September. It's a day of activation, summit-to-summit contacts where possible, and then fellowship at a nearby cafe, often near the Banks Peninsula Summits. Operators will be able to honour Andrew and work towards the ZL3 award at this same time. It would no doubt please him to know that the South Island summits are still alive with RF. This is Jim Meachin, zl 2 bhf If you've ever used Echolink and live anywhere in the world, you're
0: invited to a special talk in Australia by the ham who created it, and you don't have to go to the airport. John Williams, VK4JJW, gives us those details.
5: Jonathan Taylor, K1RFD, who developed Echolink, the voice over internet protocol network for linking repeaters and amateurs, will be a guest of the Hunter Radio Group VK2AWX in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia, on the 14th of September. Echolink has a global reach of nearly one half a million amateur radio users. For those who can't attend the talk in person, Amateur Radio New South Wales will provide a link via Zoom, where Jonathan will deliver his talk remotely. Jonathan, a resident of Connecticut, was inducted into the CQ magazine Amateur Radio Hall of Fame in 2005. The program will take place between 1800 and 2200 Australian Eastern Standard Time. The Zoom link can be found on the AR Newsline website at www.arnewsline.org. This is John Williams, VK4JJW.
0: Whether you are an established amateur radio operator or simply thinking about becoming a ham, The doors are open to you in West Bengal as a major Indian radio convention kicks off this month. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, brings us those details.
6: Amateurs from Bangladesh and Sri Lanka are expected to join conference attendees from all around India when the Pan-India Radio Convention takes place in West Bengal. The nationwide event is being held by the open-source classes for Amateur Radio, or OSCAR. And it's opening its doors to prospective hams, as well as those who are long-time operators. A number of classes will be taught during the weekend of September 23rd and 24th, and candidates for an operator's certificate will be given an opportunity to take the qualifying exam. Workshops will focus on equipment, signal propagation, digital modes and the latest technologies. There'll also be fox hunting and CW contests. According to a post on Facebook, this is the first pan-India amateur radio event to be held in East India in decades. This is Jason Daniels,
0: VK2LAW. Time for you to identify your station. We are the amateur radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the N50ZG repeater in New Orleans, Louisiana, on Sundays at 8 p.m. Radio fans in the UK are raising their voices and a petition to convince the BBC to keep a long standing favourite radio service. We hear about their efforts from Jeremy Boot,
7: G4NJH. A petition drive has been launched to press the BBC to reverse its plans to take its long wave service on 198 kilohertz off the air by the 31st of March 2024. BBC made the announcement in May 2022 that it was closing its longwave transmitter, describing it as a dying technology. According to the petitioners on the Change.org website, the single longwave transmitter at Droitwitch is efficient, covering most of the UK and Northern Europe. It is viewed as one of the more historic features of the BBC and its planned shutdown would come a, a mere six months before it marked its 90 years on the air. The Change.org pet- petitioners call it, quote, a historic radio lifeline, close quotes. BBC Radio 4 has already begun a public information campaign to convince listeners to make the change from Longwave to the broadcaster's other platforms. Those platforms are expected to carry many of the programmes now on Radio 4 Longwave Including Test Match Special, Yesterday in Parliament, Shipping Forecast, and the Daily Church Service. The BBC has been following listeners' trend towards favouring digital radio and has acknowledged on its website that a wide range of alternative listening services have become available. This is Jeremy Bucci for NJH.
0: Congratulations to the National Radio Astronomy Observatory on the 30th anniversary of the inauguration of one of the world's most high-precision radio telescopes, the Very Long Baseline Array of the National Science Foundation. The array of 10 radio antennas operates remotely from New Mexico and has been collecting data on galaxies, tracking black holes and pulsars movements, and looking inward at the planets in our own solar system. The array's stations have been set up in areas such as Fort Davis, Texas, Los Alamos, New Mexico, and Brewster, Washington, among other locales, all chosen for having very low levels of radio interference. In many countries, this time of year, September means it's back-to-school season. That's true for hams, too, as we learned from Andy Morrison. K9AWM.
8: School is in session at the QSO Today Academy, and the virtual doors open on September 8th. The three-day intensive learning environment is the outgrowth of six virtual ham expo conventions organized by Eric Guth, 4Z1UG, starting in August of 2020 as the COVID-19 pandemic took hold. The Academy will feature a mix of live and pre-recorded sessions and will include a searchable library of the previous ham expos. Presentation topics include soda, the 10 worst antennas for amateur radio, how to chase the RAC Portable Operating Challenge Award, tips for purchasing a transceiver, and a discussion about the ICQ Podcast's Digital Voice Project. There are additional sessions on antennas, operating aids, and not surprisingly, even AI gets mentioned in the virtual classroom. Participate in any of the live presentations from anywhere in the world. Tuition is $15, and for details, visit qsotodayhamexpo.com. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM.
0: In the world of DX, be listening for Greg, N9GB, operating holiday style as 8P9GB from Barbados, IOTA number NA021, from the 8th to the 15th of September. He will be on 60 through 10 meters and possibly 6 meters. During the local afternoon hours, he will be on SSB. In the evenings, he will operate on CW. See QRZ.com for QSL details. Listen for Harold, DF2WO, operating as D44TWO from Sao Tiago, iota number AF005, Cape Verde from the 2nd to the 17th of September. He will be using CW, SSB, and FT8 on the HF bands and 6 meters. He will also operate via the QO100 satellite. See qrz.com for QSL details. The special call sign vi 7 -A A R A is active on the HF bands until the 8th of November, commemorating the Australian Ladies' Amateur Radio Association's meeting to be held in Hobart, Tasmania. The call sign is being operated by a number of YLs in Tasmania and throughout Australia. See qrz.com for more details. Be listening as well for Amateur Radio Newsline's own Ed, DD5LP, operating as 5B-VK2JI, from the island of Cyprus, iota number AS004, From the 11th to the 16th of September, Ed will be operating low-power SSB, mostly on 40 and 20 meters, holiday style. He hopes to activate a number of soda and HEMA summits, as well as POTA parks, QSL to his home call. We end this week's report with a love story. We ask, just how far would you leap for someone you love? And would you remember to take along your radio? Jim Dameron, N8TMW, tells us how one woman answered those questions at the Huntsville Ham Fest.
9: The first time Rene, KR5SIX, fell for Vern, KV5SIX, was more than 22 years ago. The two native Texans, spirited adventure seekers, discovered they were on the same frequency. They eventually married, had travel adventures together, and returning home after a stay in Guatemala, they embraced more adventure by becoming amateur radio operators. Just a few weeks ago, Renee fell for her husband all over again. But this time, it was at Skydive Alabama during the Huntsville Ham Fest. To be precise, Renee fell 14,000 feet from an airplane going 130 miles an hour. Accompanying her on the earthbound trip, her first ever, was an HT tuned to 2 meters and veteran ham radio skydiver and family friend Carlos Felix, kd 90 oln Jumping in tandem, Carlos was helping her fulfill her husband's dream. Vern had hoped one day to complete his 15th parachute mobile mission, but serious injuries and a fly fishing accident more than three years ago ended that plan. Encouraged recently by other YouTube channel creators at a party in Huntsville, Renee told Vern, I'll do it for you. In fact, Vern was the first of the three radio contacts she made. Her next mission training with Carlos to prepare to jump solo in Dayton, just in time for Hamvention 2024. Meanwhile, you can see Renee's parachute mobile in the video on their YouTube channel, What's Up with Six? She's smiling the whole way down. Carlos told Newsline, That smile is one of the most radiant smiles I've seen in skydiving. This is Jim Dameron, NATMW.
0: If you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in, send it on. We are not talking about advertising your club's upcoming hamfest or field day participation, but something that is out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. Meanwhile, visit our website to learn more about the Amateur Radio Newsline Haiku Challenge. Use the entry form on our website, and please follow the rules for writing your three-line haiku. With thanks to Amateur Radio Daily, the BBC, Carlos Felix, KD9OLN, Change.org, CQ Magazine, David Bear K7DB, DeviDiscourse.com, 425DX News, Facebook, FCC, National Science Foundation, Press Republican, QRZ.com, QSO Today, Radio Today, Radio World, Shortwave Listening Post, Shortwaveradio.de, Sun Community News, Vern 6, KV5SIX, Wireless Institute of Australia, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Skeeter Nash, N5ASH in Shelbyville, Tennessee, saying 7-3. As always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023, all rights reserved.